listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Afi Tuoi joining us. Welcome, Afi. Morning, Jason. It's great to be here with you this morning. How are you today? <clears throat> Going very well, thank you. It's a nice, bright, sunny day out here in Wynyard, and uh, looks like it's going to be uh, another lovely spring day. Very good. We've had some nice weather late uh, last week, but um, we've had a little bit of overcast and a bit of light rain down in the southern area. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Tasmania is not that big, but we can have very different weather from uh, location to location. Yeah, uh, it's um, well, winter's over now, as you know, and um, no, it's been the last few days has been beautiful. It's quite sad to say goodbye to winter. Actually, I, I love the winters. Do you and, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, and, uh, I like the sunny days. <laughs> Whether it's winter or summer, I like the sunny days. Yeah. Anyway, well, I don't mind the I don't mind the warmth, but um, I like the cooler weather, and yeah. um, people might find it a bit strange. Yeah. But, um, what have you been background. up? What have you been up to over the weekend, Arfie? Well, we had a great Sabbath. We had um, <clears throat> Pastor Glenn Townend, the division president. Um, join us here on on the northern part of the island, and so we had a a regional, and um, from the churches from Smithton, uh, Wynyard, um, Burnie, as well as Alveston and Devonport came together, right. and um, yeah, we had a lovely time. There was some beautiful music from the Northwest Christian School School Choir, as well as their strings, which was the kids were just fantastic. And we just praise the Lord for the gift that they, that they have, mm. and the message that Pastor Glenn Townend shared with us. What's happening within the division, and um, and also just encouraging us in, in the in the mission that we've been called to. So it was a great Sabbath. Yeah, awesome. Well, Afi, uh, I do want to remind our listeners, this is our Tassie Encounters show, and we have a text mobile number that you can communicate with us on. That is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Do write that down. We've got a free book offer later in the program, but we also love to hear from you during the program. Perhaps uh, text us in, tell us where you're listening from, and if you've got any questions or feedback to our questions, we'd love to hear from you today. And of course, uh, last episode we covered uh, with Afi. This was two weeks ago. We covered the uh, chapter of Hosea, chapter one. And uh, this week we're going on with Hosea chapter 2. But if you want to listen to our past episodes, you can do that using the Faith FM website. Uh, that's faithfm.com.au. Or you can listen to us on the Faith FM app, which you can get from the App Store. And that's uh, both available on Google App Store and the Apple App Store. So Faith FM Australia, it's a great way to listen to our programs live or even um, after the event as well. So... So uh, today, Afi, uh, Hosea chapter 2, do you want to give us a, a brief, um, I guess, a wrap up from last week as to what we covered and then uh, what we're going to be looking at today? Yeah, so last week, Jason, we um, went through chapter 1 and looked at uh, more intently Hosea's family, his wife, Goma, his three children and, and the names that they were given by God. And um, those names were to illustrate uh, God's 
disappointment, his displeasure, his heartbrokenness of how far his children have gone away from him. Mm. And um, obviously that's an application to also us today that God is always looking and drawing us closer to him, but the devil is always wanting to draw us away. And um, there are many means and ways that the devil does that, and um, certainly God doesn't give up on us. And and he brings that out in the messages of um, chapter 1 with Hosea and Gomer and um, their three children. Today we're going to continue on in chapter 2. And... um, from where we left off last week with the naming of, you know, Hosea's children, mm. which become a sort of like a warning, a pleading from God to his people. And um, before we continue, Jason, let's just have a prayer together, if yeah, that's okay. sure. Father in heaven, we thank, thank you so much that we're able to spend time in your word with Jason and the listeners. May you bless us now of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Jason, I really believe we we need to sort of really pause and allow the full impact of the message of the names of Hosea's children that we looked at uh, to really to sink into us because, you know, the book of Hosea often moves, as we know, from judgment to God's mercy. And there's a temptation from, you know, a lot of us to believe that, you know, we we can move quickly to the mercy passages that's within the, this book and neglect the disturbing judgments that come from God. And sometimes, you know, we can say, you know, people already know how bad they are. We need to hear how great God's grace is. Mm. But the apostle, the apostle Paul does warn us and gives us an encouragement there in First Corinthians chapter ten and verse eleven. And you'd like to read that verse for us, please, Jason. Yes, and I'm reading from the New King James Version today. It says, "Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages ages have come." Mm. And that's why we. We'd look at not only the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well, Jason, because mm. what's happened here are examples written for our admonition upon the ends of the ages have come, and that's where we are today. And so the spiritual condition of Israel in the time of Hosea does match our spiritual condition today more than we may want to acknowledge. Mm. And one of the greatest sins of the time of Hosea and today is complacency and that of pride. You know, the self-satisfaction and self-satisfaction with one's achievements. That's why sometimes, you know, you have that, <clears throat> excuse me, that Aussie lingo. You know, she'll be right, mate. Yeah. But complacency and pride is a persistent defense against the Spirit of God. Because God has chosen us. We have been called, we are His people to be called to greatness. And that's why in Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, chapter 26, Verses 12, if you'd like to read that verse, Jason, for us, please. It says, I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful text there. Yeah, God is willing to walk among you and I, Jason, and our listeners. Mm. And he has called us, and he's saying that you will be my people. But it's interesting that under Hosea's third child, which we looked at last week, his name was called Lo-Ami which means, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Mm. And that's because Israel had deeply scraped themselves away from the loyalty that God demanded, the faithfulness that he required. 
and they purposely try to escape from being his people of spiritual greatness, this calling of being chosen by him. And while the naming of this child Loami should have warned the people that God will disown his people, but they say, no way, God will never do that. And sometimes, you know, we can do that today. Yeah, absolutely. There's an interesting uh, text also, Jason, in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. It says, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. And that's Galatians 1 verse 15. Mm. And so God is saying that even before we were born, God has called me. He has called me and chosen me by his marvelous grace. And if he has chosen us, then that can only mean that he definitely has a destiny for you and I and mm. for our listeners. Mm. And within that destiny, it also comes mission. There's a mission that he's calling us to before he comes back again. Excuse me. And and that's why the object of this this study, the book of Hosea, really brings out that destiny that God is calling and has chosen you and I and has chosen his people. And... um, I guess we're one. Sorry, sorry Jason. Yeah, we're going to ask our listeners this morning a, a question relating to this um, in terms of being chosen. But I guess uh, a question I've got for you is that how do we know that we're chosen? Yeah, good question. How do we know that we're chosen? <laughs> can Can you answer that or have a think about that perhaps uh, as we as we go to a break? But I'll, I'll I'll pose this question to our listener. Do you feel you're a part of the chosen, that's the, I guess, the, the special chosen people by God, in doing God's will today? Are you a part of his chosen people today? Mm. Um, so uh, we'll have a, a, a think about that question I posed to you, Afi, and uh, perhaps we'll chat about it during the break as well. But right now, um, we'd love to hear from you. Do you feel a part of the chosen uh, in doing God's will today? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Right now we've got our first song. This is called Walk In It With Me by Kate Gariga. Jesus, I need you to do a work I couldn't do. Take this heart of stone, make it flesh and make it light. Let me see with your eyes, you love perfectly. Jesus, please be loved in me. My ears. Spirit, won't you live in me? 
in it with me. Father, please refine me till I'm in the center of Your will, resembling the sun. I am melted by Your love. The more I read, the more I trust everything You do. Father, I am. Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Afi Tuaoi on the topic of Hosea chapter 2 and uh, before the break we did ask you a question and we'd love to hear from you today it says do you feel you are a part of the chosen in doing God's will today text us in your answer on 0488880891 before the break Afi I I posed a question to you how do we know whether we're part of the chosen or not because we're asking our listeners if they feel as if they're part of the chosen Uh, how do we know yeah, that's a great question you post, Jason. And, um, you know, that's a, that's another study altogether. And uh, I wish we had time to look at that. But we, because we don't, but we, we'll, there's a text that would like us to turn to that will help to, to answer that question. And that's in John chapter, the Gospel of John chapter 1 and verses 12 to 13. And um, if you'd like to read that for us, Jason, please. It says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Mm, amen. These, these um, two phrases or words I like to pick up on, on that verse, those verses there, especially verse 12, Jason. He says, as many has received them. Yes. And the last line there says, to those who believe in his name. Mm. And so while we are all God's created beings... We're not all God's children. And that's because of our choice, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. And that's that's what those those words bring out. Receive him and believe in mm. his name. Mm. And because of the choice that we make, we therefore become his children. Yeah. And um you know, and that brings you know, I like this text in Psalm thirty one verse three, which is David's prayer, which really sort of highlights that we are the being chosen 
become the chosen of God because it says, therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Mm. And uh, for God's name's sake, that, that's what he's willing to do for us. But what we, what we have seen so far through the book of Hosea, and as, as I mentioned, his third child's name, which Loami, which means for you are not my people and I will not be your God because they've made that choice to turn them themselves away from God. Mm. And then when you look at chapter 2 and verse 2 there, and you'd like to read that text for us, please, Jason. It says, Bring charges against your mother. Bring charges, for she is not my wife, nor am I her husband. Let her put away her harlotries from her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, text. What, what Hosea is now, you can hear his his pain and how how angry and upset he is because he's he's now saying to his children, as you just read there, he says, bring charges against your mother. Mm. Bring charges. Mm. And Hosea and his children are to bring charges against Gomer. And why is that? Well, the Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 10, and you'd like to share uh, that text with us, please, Jason. I just need to find that one. I think I had it. Let me, I've just got to look it up, Arfie. Sure, not a problem. Leviticus 20, verse 10. Okay, it says, The man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. Mm. And, and you, do you see the, 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 the uh, relation of, the, of that verse in Leviticus 20, verse 10, Jason 2, back to Hosea 2, verse 2 that you just read? Yeah, there's obviously a charge against these uh, people who have committed adultery, and mm. uh, there are serious consequences for it. Yeah, exactly. And and this is where Hosea is coming from, because he has really a legal standing mm. to divorce Goma. That's why he's saying to his children, bring charges, bring charges against your mother for what she has done to us as a family. Mm. And on a legal standing, he has the right to divorce her and, and you know, just let it go. Mm. But, and even as you just read that, you know, he has a right even to put her to death. That, that's how it, the consequence, as you were saying, that how far he could go. Mm. But how Hosea deals with Goba is not on the legal standing, not by law, but by, by, by love. Mm. Because as we know, as we talked about last week, he buys Goma back. Mm. He's redeeming Goma back into his home. He doesn't take her home just to be his slave which he could have on a legal standing, but out of his love and his grace, which is a reflection of God, Hosea reinstates her as his wife, the mother of his children, the queen of his household. And that's why God's judgment in light of the naming of Hosea's first child, which is Jezreel, means God will scatter. And God could have acted on this towards his children, the children of Israel, and even us today. But this is where, as we've seen, how Hosea acts towards Gomer. This is where we see God's mercy and his love is also shown. He deals with Israel and us not by law, because for the wages of sin is death. Mm. But he deals with us by his love. And we see that love because of his son, Jesus Christ, who came and died on the cross for us. He redeemed us. He took that punishment of death that should have been ours. And if we're willing 
That's how we are able to become the chosen mm. to do God's will if we are willing to accept. And as you said, there are consequences if, if we decide not to because we know there is a judgment to come. Mm. But God is wanting to bring us home. Mm. And we, we see God's plea there through Hosea and as, as you just read there in verse 2 of chapter 2, in the, in the second part of that verse where it says, Let her put away her harlotries from her sight. And Hosea, he's admonishing Goma to change her behavior. And God is admonishing us too. When we, he wants us to put away the sins that is causing the heartbreak and the separation that we have with God. And God's judgment in light of the naming of Hosea's second child, Loruhama, which means no more pity, I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. You know, we would say, you know, I wouldn't squander my love for, for Yahweh. I wouldn't squander my love for God on false gods. But that's why the naming of the second child, Loruhama, which means no more pity, I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Because it's like God is saying, this is what you have desired all along. You have made this choice. Mm. It's not to be loved or bear the responsibilities of being my cherished people. And that's the choices that you know people have, have made towards God. Mm. And, you know, Jason, as you know, we see that you know, in marriage and friendships today. You know, in a marriage, you know, we just had Father's Day yesterday, and I'm sure you were spoiled yesterday, and um, I was as well, and as I'm sure a lot of the other fathers were, you know, and it, because in a marriage, you know, if the person who consistently rejects others, the other's love or their affection, their encouragement, any sign of love in return, it's like the person saying, what? If you don't want my love, so from now on, you shall have what you've told me and what you do want, and that is no love at all. Mm. And God is saying, you know, that's why I'm calling you Lorum Ruhama, because you have not loved me. Mm. But this is where God's mercy and love is also shown. His plea, his cry, and asking for them to put away their sin, put away their harlotries, what it is that separates us from God. And why in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 to 18, and Jason, would you like to read that one for us, please? Yeah, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Uh, I will, oh, sorry. And God has said, I will dwell in them. And walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. That's a beautiful passage, that one, Jason. You know, and I've heard people say that, you know, see, here we go. See, God is saying he doesn't love us. He doesn't want us. But what Paul is really bringing out there, what God is saying, is that come out, my people, that I have something better for you. I, I want you to be my sons and daughters, but you cannot be as long as you continue in your sinful, health-destroying, soul-destroying habits. 
And so God's will is for us, Jason, through this passage, really reflects his love for us. And he brings that out in the verses that you just read there in verses 2 of Hosea. When you get to verse 3, and really brings out the consequences of those who are refusing to return, but also, once again, God's love for us. We will uh, go to another break in a moment, but do remember the uh, the question that we asked you earlier. Do you feel a part of the chosen in doing God's will today? We would love to hear from you today. And uh, it's interesting, isn't it, as we've discussed this here, that it seems like God is rejecting the people in a way. You could read that, but in fact what you're really saying is that the people rejected God. Mm. And God is not a forceful God, and so if uh, if they don't want to be um, his cho- chosen or special people, that um, he sort of respects that and allows them to go. But nevertheless, his love is still um, for them and wants to bring them back to him. Amen. Well, we're going to go to another break in a moment. And uh, this next song uh, is called Come Unto Christ by Kaylee Reed. But do remember our question. Do you feel you are part of the chosen in doing God's will today? Text us in on 0488 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters and uh, we're speaking today with uh, Afi Tuaoi on the series Encounters with Jesus. And Aki, Afi, uh, we've been talking about the chapter 2 of Hosea and in particular where God is challenging the people, I guess, to come back to him and... Uh, if uh, you were just saying before the break that if we stay, uh, or if they stay, but it relates to us, I believe, as well today, if we stay in our sinful ways, in the old um, uh, destroying, you know, health-destroying, soul-destroying habits, then um, God, there are consequences of that, and God will, I guess, let us go. But he wants to call us back to him. Um, yeah, definitely, Jason, well put. And um, and that's what we're reading so far from Hosea chapter 2, where Hosea is saying with his children, you know, we have a legal standing to to charge, you know, Goma, your mm. mother. And um, and that's, you know, we could read it like that literally and think, oh, okay, well, you know, he could put her to death or, you know, divorce her in any way he wanted to. But that's not what we're reading because that's not what it's saying because it, while it's saying that, it's also bringing out that, you know, uh, the undergirding message is, is that God is wanting to bring us back mm. his love. And that's what we've seen about this redeeming love of God through Hosea. But if we make that choice to turn away from God, and then God is saying, well, you know, there's consequences to that too. Mm. Because no longer will God's hand of blessing, it's not that God will, you know, will rain down lightning or fire from heaven upon us, but he's saying, these consequences, and that is, you know, you'll be faced in the world without me, and this is what will happen. And we read that um, in chapter 3, oh, sorry, verse 3 of chapter 2. And, Jason, you'd like to read that for us, please. It says, Lest I strip her naked and expose her as in the day she was born, and make her like a wilderness, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. Yeah, because we have to remember that Israel was an, an agricultural society, mm. and um, God is saying these are the consequences of of refusing to return to me, and that he is saying that he would hold back the life-giving rain, and um, because they were dependent upon the rain. You know, I remember when I was in um, New South Wales just a few years ago, Jason, and everyone would remember the drought that went mm. through at that period of time. And um, I remember, you know, I had farmers in the congregation I was in and boy, the pain in, in their faces that I saw was just, they were helpless. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were spending, you know, one farmer, 
you know, having to haul in um, hay for for his cattle, you know, he he was spending up to thirty to forty thousand dollars on a load of hay. And I mm. just couldn't believe it. And um, and he said, he just said to me, that's what he has to do just to keep going. Mm. But he just felt helpless. And um, this is what verse three is saying: they will be left helpless if they. That's the consequence of turning away from God. And God tells us the reason why Israel sinned and played the harlot towards them because verse 4 and 5 brings that out as well in chapter 2 of Hosea. Would you like to read those verses, please, Jason? Yeah, it says, I will not have mercy on her children, for they are the children of harlotry. For their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has behaved shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. Mm. So she, you know, Jason? She was, um, she was getting her sustenance from somewhere else, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the point that God is making. And this is why God is saying, well, if, if that's the case, well, then my hand of grace, my hand of protection and love will be drawn away then. Mm. Because if you're willing to go somewhere else to get your blessings or your sustenance, well, then that's the consequence. And then you have to face what comes. Mm. And this is why Israel sinned and they played the harlot towards God. Because in verse 5 there, she says, I will go after my lovers. Who give me my bread, my water, my wool, my linen, my oil, and my drink. And mentioned earlier, Israel, as we've talked about, was mainly an agricultural society. Mm. You know, you may remember, Jason, you know, they arrived in the promised land. Those living in the and those living in the land at that time with the Canaanites, who were experienced farmers. And remember, they, they left Egypt. They were slaves, really. Mm-hmm. And, and so they had no, um, no skills, really, with them. And God had, had to bless them with skills. And so when they arrived in the Promised Land and being a farming community, they had to learn from the Canaanites. Well, this is what they believed. They had to learn from the Canaanites who were farmers. And so as they observed their way of life, they observed how they were dependent upon their gods and mainly that of Baal. Mm. And Baal, the god of Baal, was the god of life-giving rain. Baal, the god of produce of the earth. Baal, the god of reproduction in the herds. So they reasoned then, well, what, what harm could there be by worshipping Baal along with Yahweh mm. to ensure success and prosperity? And so they erected Baal shrines in their fields. And you may remember the story of Gideon there in Judges chapter, 20, uh, chapter 6, verse 23 to 26. Do you want to read those verses for us, please, Jason? Yeah, it says, Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it is still in Ophrah, is it right? Ophrah uh, of the Abezirites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement, and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. Mm. You see, Jason... 
even Gideon and his family, his father had built a Baal image that was in their field. And mm-hmm. it's not that they didn't believe in God or were worshipping God. They just believed that, oh, hey, what's the harm? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we Yahweh took us out of slavery, he's brought us into the promised land. We still believe in him. But, hey, we're learning from the Canaanites. And so, hey, you know, we can uh, learn things from them too. And they decided, hey, what's wrong with their Baal images? And um, so as the years went by, they depended, unfortunately, more and more on Baal and then less and less on Yahweh, mm-hmm. the God of heaven. And this becomes known as the sin of syncretism. And the sin of syncretism, the meaning of syncretism or the meaning of sync is putting two things together. Mm. And syncretism is therefore the blending of loyalties to several gods. And Israel believed that there, as just said there in the story of Gideon, that there is a God of heaven, there is Yahweh, but they also believed that there was a God called Baal. And so as the years went by, they depended more and more on Baal and less and less on Yahweh, the God of heaven. You know, and you find the story also, Jason, and uh, the story of Elijah there on Mount Carmel. Uh, you like to read that text for us in First Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. Yes, and Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Mm. Interesting. Split, yeah. split loyalties. Yeah, and that's syncretism. You know, and and this is where, like the song you just played, which was a beautiful song. You know, the words, "Come unto Christ." He's, he's wanting you. He's yeah. calling you. Mm. And and unfortunately, you know, that we too today can be caught up in this sin of syncretism. Mm. Our loyalties are split between God and the false gods that we we have our loyalty to. And um, the beautiful story there from um, Elijah there on Mount Carmel that we all know well. Yeah. Well, it's time for our break, but we've got a book offer today that we want to tell you about. It's called Faith Undone. The Emerging Church, A New Reformation or an End Time Deception. So this is what the book is about. It's by Roger Oakland. It says, is the emerging church movement just another passing fad, a more contemporary approach to church, or the discontent grumblings of young people looking for answers? In fact, it is much broader and is influencing Christianity to a significant degree. Grounded in a centuries-old mystical approach, this movement is powerful, yet highly deceptive, and it draws its energy from practices and experiences that are foreign to biblical Christianity. The path the emerging church is taking is leading right into the arms of an interfaith perspective that has prophetically profound ramifications. It is indeed a new way of being Christians, and in every conceivable manner it is striving to bring about a new reformation. Without a doubt, it will have an impact on all churches in the Western world and far beyond. For beyond this new kind of church is a well-designed strategy and manoeuvre by the prince of this world, the enemy of our souls, to literally take part, uh, take apart the faith of millions. It will be nothing less than faith undone. That's our book offer today. After the break, we'll give you the code for this. This is You Did It Anyway by Karen Peck and New River.
you pray to pass the cup as the angels watched you kneel. You are adding new just how the cross would feel, how deep the spear would go, how sharp the thorns would be, and that your father would forsake you in your agony. But you did it anyway You walked on up that hill And the sounds of sacrifice Are ringing still You knew the magnitude Of the price you'd have to pay But for me You did it friends would turn their backs on you and leave you all alone to do what only you could do but among the saddest things that caused your heart to grieve was knowing there were those who never would believe but you Sacrifice are ringing still. You knew the magnitude of the price you'd have to pay. But for me, you did it anyway. You knew my righteousness. Would never be enough. It wasn't out of duty. It was out of love. Mm, but you did it anyway. You walked on up that hill, and the sounds of sacrifice they're ringing still. The price you have to pay But for me You did it anyway You did it Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we're finishing up our program today with Afi Tuoi on the topic of Hosea chapter 2. It's a beautiful song, isn't it, that uh, it reminds us that Christ died for us even while we were still yet sinners. 
Um, mm. Before the break, we talked about our book offer today. We've got three copies to give away of this book uh, called Faith Undone, and we gave you a detailed description. Uh, it's talking about the emerging church and how that can bring in deceptions. So two copy, uh, three copies to give away today. The code for this book offer is ENCOUNTER2020. Encounter 20. No spaces in that. Text it into 048880891 and you can claim the first three in will uh, receive a book offer today. Uh, the Faith Undone. So, Afi, um, during the break, I was uh, just saying that this topic that we've been studying reminds me of the words of Jesus when he said uh, in Matthew 6.24, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot mm. serve God and mammon, which I believe mammon means riches. It does. Um, so similar to how the the Israelites were serving Baal and God, or trying to serve two different gods, um, you can't do that. No. And um, a great text that you brought out there, Jason, and definitely, you know, that's the sin of syncretism. Mm. And... Um, you know, this is why Elijah there on Mount Carmel, you know, he, he was crying out to the people. How long will you falter between two two opinions? Mm. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. You know, and the people, as the text says, they couldn't answer him. Mm. You know, it was just amazing, really. You know, it's really saying, how long will you choose between Baal and over Yahweh, the God of heaven? And <clears throat> excuse me. And this is why God says. And Hosea chapter 2 and verse 13, and, and would you like to read that text for us, please, Jason? Yeah, it says in 2.13, I will punish her for the days of the Baals to which she burned incense. She decked herself with her earrings and jewellery and went after her lovers, but she forgot, uh, but me she forgot, says the Lord. Yeah, oh man, I mean, can you hear God's broken heart there? Mm. And and this is the you know faltering between two opinions, the sin of syncretism, and God is pleading to His people, you know, I want you to be my sons and daughters, but you cannot be as long as you continue in your sinful, soul destroying habits. And so the goal of the husband, that being Hosea representing God. The goal of God is found there in verses 14 and 16 of chapter 2. And Jason, would you like to read down verses 14 and 16 for us? To, oh, sorry, 14 to 16, please. Sure. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness, and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there, and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there, as in the days of her youth as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. Mm. Amen. I, I love that verse. In the days of her youth, in the days when she came, came up out of, out of the land of Egypt, it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you shall call me my husband and no longer call me my master. Mm. And, uh, you know, that that's God's plea and his cry out to, to us today as well. You know, there's a quote here also, Jason, from, from Alan White that, that um, fits in with this. And there in um, Patriarchs and Kings, this inspired writer, pages 299 and 300, it says, In the last days, 
of this earth's history, God's covenant with his commandment-keeping people is to be renewed. They will free themselves from every entanglement and will stand before the world as monuments of God's mercy. Obedient to the divine requirements, they will be recognized by angels and by men as those that have kept the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Mm. Every entanglement, and they will stand before the world as of God's monuments of his mercy. You know, syncretism today, Jason, is corresponding to what Israel's syncretism worship of Baal is, you know, as you said before on the break, it's whatever or whoever we give our allegiance to mm. and our dependence upon as well for, our, you know, to have meaning in our lives as a person or person's addition to God. You know, we can believe in God and at the same time worship at the shrine of power, prosperity, possessions, position, and even people. You know, Jason, you know, even in the church today, we need to be careful Mm. because the sin of syncretism can also creep in because we can add to our worship to the Lord our God, you know, even the devotion to our heritage of who we are and where we've come from. Traditions can also be the sin of syncretism. The numbers, looking at, you know, we need to baptize as many people as as possible. You know, buildings, programs, all these can be good things, but they can also become our passion and the sin that can rob us of our total dependence upon God. And Hosea's for Hosea, Israel's primary relationship with God with God was was at stake, and so is ours. And that's why in verses 6 and 7 of Hosea chapter 2, would you like to read those verses, please, Jason? It says, Therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in, so that she cannot find her paths. She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband. For then it was better for me than now. Yeah. You know, Jason, in verse 6, the husband has put up barriers and restrictions, hedges and thorns. And why? Because verse 7, it says, so she will repent Hmm. or return and return to God. And sometimes, you know, we will go through crucibles in life. And because God wants us to go through these experiences, so we will see him through them and that we will repent and will return. These are, um, just to finish off this illustration about a businessman was asked the question, what is your greatest difficulty when faced with living faith? And the businessman turned around and said, you know, um, the greatest difficulty I have in facing living faith today is, he goes, no question about it, my greatest difficulty is remembering that I could not breathe a breath, think a thought, envision a plan, earn a dollar, maintain strength, or remain faithful if it were not for the moment-by-moment blessing of God. Mm. And how is it with you and I today in remembering what God has done for us? Are we in the sin of syncretism, or do we see and know of God's mercy towards us each day? The husband who longs for his wife to come home and to be faithful to him, Hosea and Gomer, God and us today. For us, God is calling us to be the queen and the chosen of his household just demonstrates his love for us and uh, we need to respond to that that call to return to him 
Um, I guess we'll have you again in two weeks' time, um, and we'll be going on to Hosea Chapter 3. Is that right? Andy? We will be, yes. Awesome. Well, do join us in two weeks, but in one week we'll have Mark Falconer back, and he's going to be talking about, is Jesus really serious about our debt? I don't think he's talking about monetary debt here. So, And do join us tomorrow um, with Peter Watts. Daniel Chapter 6 is our program for tomorrow with Peter Watts. Uh, a great, fascinating study through the book of Daniel. Remember, Encounter 20 is our code for today. This is My Heart is Steadfast. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Praises up to thee among the nations. I'll give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the people. I'll sing praises up to thee within my soul. For thy loving kindness is great above heavens, thy truth it reaches to the sky. Exalted, O God, above heavens, and thy glory over all the earth, that those you love may be delivered, save with thy right hand and answer me. Save with thy